Well, howdy do, Tessa. Howdy doody, Jesse. I think that's what I said last week. Bad intro. Sorry. You know, I never get sick of saying howdy and y'all. So howdy, howdy, howdy. Let's let's just go with We're it. We're just going to roll with it. Okay. Hey, guys. Everyone, welcome back to the Spooky Soup Podcast. I have the Reddit stories today, and you have a good, I'm hoping, an excellent historical story. You never fail to bring me a good story. Anyway. Well, maybe lower your standards this week. Oh, gosh. So disappointed. I'm a failure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, the stories I have for us today, I have one from Reddit. It's a short one, but it was just too good. It's So I included it. And then I have two after that that were sent in to us from listeners. (gasps) That's amazing. Thank you, listeners. Heck, yeah. That is one or two people saved from gazpacho soup. <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't hear her threat from last week, um, you will be turned into soup. Right? Is that what it was? Yeah, basically. Yeah, essentially. I will carve out your eyeballs with a rusty spoon and turn it into gazpacho soup. Okay. The okay. threat, uh, it, it rolls over to the next episode. Anytime I don't mention it, just keep it in the back of your mind. Yeah. It still stands. Cool. There you go. All right, and before we get started, just want to remind everyone that any... Images that are associated with our stories today, we will post those on our Instagram. We do it every time so that um, you guys can see what the heck we're talking about. And if you guys have any stories um, that you would like read on the podcast, they can be they can be true. They can be completely made up. Um, please, you can email those to us at SpookySuitPodcast801 at gmail.com, or you can DM those to us on our Instagram. Uh, people have done... Um, have done both ways, and people have actually re- reached out, out to me on Reddit, Spooky Soup Podcast. So they've messaged me that way too. Amazing. Okay, you ready? I was born ready. Let's do it. This story was posted by Reddit user u slash allogtag, and it's titled, Something is in this room. I was 11 at the time and had been hanging out in my house. It was a normal night and I was doing, I was doing fine. I was watching TV, playing games on my phone, and just having a nice time in general. The only other person home was my mom. She had always let me stay up late but went to bed early herself. So I technically wasn't alone, but I felt alone. I was sitting on the couch watching TV when I suddenly felt super thirsty. I figured I would just get up, get a drink and a snack, and just sit back down. I stood up and started walking over to the kitchen, which was probably 20 feet away from the family room. To understand the layout of my house, the main floor is where my mother's bedroom and the living room are. Another thing to know is that we have a sliding glass door next to the kitchen. As I was walking over, I noticed that the blinds were not closed on the door. It was pitch black, and I thought about how something could be outside looking at me, but I wasn't that creeped out. As I was walking over to the kitchen, I thought I heard a scream. Not a play scream, but a real scream. That rolled off it being a neighborhood kid. It sounded like a hurt adult woman. It sounded like it came from outside, or actually downstairs in my room. It was a 50-50 chance, but I was not taking that. Being a terrified 11-year-old, 
I ran to my mother's room. She was fast asleep, but I cuddled up next to her, and eventually I fell asleep. That same night, I had a dream. It was like I was seeing from someone else's eyes. They crawled into my mother's room as I watched in horror, not being able to control who or what I was seeing. It crawled up next to me. My back was now facing the edge of the bed. It lifted its finger and poked my back. I felt it in real life. At that very moment, I woke up. I have never moved so fast in my life. I turned and scooted on the bed closer to my mom. Huddled up and scared, I stayed up the rest of the night. But now that I think of it, I never checked over on the other side of the bed to see if there was anything there. Ah! (laughs) Spooky! The reason why this one actually scares me, it probably doesn't scare you guys, but it scared me because... Spooked me, excuse me, it spooked me. Because I have a similar experience. I was... I personally think it was sleep paralysis. And the thing that was there, the sleep paralysis demon, poked my hand that was on my chest. I was sleeping with my hand hand on my chest, and it, like, poked my hand, and I felt it, and I woke up. And I could feel that something poked my hand. Oh. Yeah, I've heard that sleep paralysis, like, your demons that come out. Like, you can feel the things that you hallucinate that they're doing to you. So... And that, that was sense. that was back in our creepy home that we grew up in. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this next story was sent in to us from Reddit user El Patron. El Patron. <laughs> so it starts off like this. I apologize in advance if my story is kind of short, but I wanted to share it. My parents bought a house like 15 years ago and completely renovated it. When they first purchased it, when they first purchased it, the interior and exterior was like stepping back into the 70s. It was so cool. Anyways, the house is haunted AF. My brother and I went to the nearest high school that was a 10-15 minute walk from our home. One day, we walked home from school together, and as my brother opened the door, we heard talking, as if someone was having a little get-together in the basement. My brother and I froze and looked at each other. I said, Did you hear that? He looked confused and even went downstairs to check if someone might have left the TV on. It was completely dark and nothing was on. Not even a light. I have another story about our haunted house. We had a wooden foosball table down in our finished basement that we would play with often. My dad would wake up in the middle of the night to someone playing with the foosball table. The first time it happened, he had He had to go downstairs to see if my brother and I were up late playing. We definitely were not. We were asleep. He even checked our rooms because he was convinced we were up playing around to only find us knocked out cold. He ended up having to move the table to the laundry room and use it as a table to store things on because he kept hearing it being played at night. I actually went to breakfast with my parents two weeks ago and brought up all the scary things we witnessed when I was younger. They mention that they still hear things all the time, but have gotten so used to it that they ask whoever it is to quiet down, or they simply just ignore it now. That's crazy. <laughs> kind of wholesome. Yeah. It's just wanting to play foosball. Just deal with it. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it reminds me, it's, it's similar to the other story that was sent in to us um, a couple episodes ago. Oh, yeah. The lights and her husband. Yeah. That one. Yeah, the one where 
They were bugging her. She was tired. She turned on the TV in the family room, and they were like still bugging her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Fine, you can watch in my room, but I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna mute it." And they were and and then like the shuffling and the noises stopped after she turned the TV on. Crazy, <laughs> wholesome, spooking, spookery. Okay, so this next story is called Haunted Ritual House. And when I went back to look, for some reason, I wasn't able to get a name. So whoever sent this in, thank you. Oh, weird. So the story is called Haunted Ritual House. This is a relatively old story that my dad has told me a few times over the years. But with Halloween coming up, it's been on my mind again. I myself have never been able to witness the house though the description I've been given by multiple men 20-something years after seeing it gave me a wide, vivid mental image. To begin, I would like to mention that my father is a highly religious man, he's a preacher's son, and does not believe in ghosts or anything paranormal in the slightest. Nothing seems to spook him either, but he still swears up and down that he felt something unnatural that scared the crap out of him even just from mentioning the story to me on the rare occasion that he would bring occasion that he would bring it up. Back in the late 80s, he and a few friends would regularly hike over the waterfall/creek bed behind our farm and would follow the trails up until they eventually met the frontage road off of the interstate. Well, one night they decided to take a different route to go around the backside of another farmer's land, mostly to see the animals because they owned emus, and other large pets that weren't common in the local area. Supposedly, after leaving the area and continuing into the woods, at nights of all times, they managed to stumble upon what is described by all five men, 20 years later, by the way, as a Blair Witch look-alike house. It was a very old home, and my dad claims that just looking at it gave him this ominous feeling but of course they had to go inside and check it out. Inside the house was a vintage cottage-style home that was probably built in the late 40s or early 50s, and the group was instantly met with writing and symbols in strange Latin-like languages with a few English graffiti pieces that quoted a supposed satanic or pagan worshipping ritual with certain pieces describing how to sacrifice a human soul to some supposedly demonic deity. My father still claims to this day that certain symbols were painted on the walls in blood while others were clearly spray-painted. And I find it easier to believe because he also worked as a firefighter for, for years before this happened and had a lot of experience with having to see human blood and dismembered bodies on the freeway after car crashes. Past a small living slash kitchen area was a stairwell that was so small that their shoulders would physically brush either side of the wall as they went up and the stairs went straight, stopped at a small landing, then turned right. So as you started up, you could not see what might be standing at the top. So it just had a little curve at the top. At the top of the stairs, a door led to a large attic-style bedroom where actual chain manacles, manacles excuse me, and locks hung from one of the walls near a circular window at the end of the room which was also completely covered in weird symbols, graffiti, and now more obvious and frightening large dried puddles of blood that had been seeped into the floor and walls. Allegedly, 
Once they were upstairs investigating the room, they swear that they heard someone moving up the stairwell behind them super fast. But when they looked back, there was no one there. Everyone essentially told me that it sounded almost like heels clacking on wood and now completely spooked, they rushed back down the stairs to see if someone was playing a prank on them and was hiding downstairs. Surprise, surprise, they found nothing and no new footprints in the dust and grime that differed from the ones that they left on their way in. To keep things interesting, I met with each of the guys separately to ask them about what they remembered, expecting to maybe find a crack or something to prove that maybe they weren't exaggerating. But when I asked them, I got the exact same answer from each of them with no hesitation. They got the same details right down to the minute that they entered the house and the minute they left. But here's where it gets really strange. They left the house and for some unknown reason, they decided to try walking back from a different route using a compass to approach from the east instead of the south. They did this test more than 10 times that night, walking from every possible route or direction yet they always came out at the front entrance of the house, even when the compass and common knowledge of the area showed that it was physically impossible to be at the south end of the house when they moved in a straight line from the north, east, or west. There probably is some scientific explanation for it, but I haven't found one yet. These guys knew those woods literally like the back of their hand and still do to this day. The final time that the guys came back and found themselves standing at the front door of the house, they began to feel physically ill, verging on feverish and finally decide that it's time to give up when one of them nearly faints. And as they turn to leave, the man who nearly fainted turns, looks up, and points at the circular window at the front of the house on the second story. Everyone looks and immediately sees a tall, female figure hunched over standing in the window watching them though they see no features on her face other than two large dark colored eyes and it sort of shuffled in place slightly before turning and walking away as if it were heading to the stairs at the end of the room at the sight of the figure actually moving they all took off running through the woods ending up on the side of the interstate about three miles from my dad's house where they originally started from They eventually made it back to my dad's place, though they claimed that they felt as if someone followed them the entire way, and my dad's cousin, he got up to get some water from the kitchen, only to announce that he swore he saw the same figure outside of the kitchen window near the edge of the woods, close to the woodshed. Thankfully, nothing ever came from the experience other than a collective state of absolute terror when the subject is brought up. They wrote off what his cousin saw as paranoia. Though five years later, they decided to return to see if the house was still standing. Miraculously, it had fallen in on itself and was nothing more than a pile of rubble, and they never went back. I always joked with my dad and would ask him what he would do if he went back and found the house standing the same way it had been back then, trying to give him a reason to let me go and see this place for myself. But with trespassing laws being far more prevalent in today's time, it would be nearly impossible without ever getting shot at or going to jail as it was not on our property. I don't know. It always gives me the creeps thinking about it, but I never considered the story to be true until I did this little mock interview with all of the guys. 
And when I say that these grown men are scared to death by this story, I mean it. Seeing them get physically worked up and frightened by just telling the story really caused me to be less of a skeptic. Oh my gosh. That's like your perfect haunted shack in the woods kind of story. That's so scary. Yup. Yup. <laughs> Jeez, I wish we knew who sent that in. I want to talk to them. Yep. Interesting. Man, that was really good. Thank you guys for sending in your stories. Yeah, we appreciate it. So once again, guys, if you um, you have, as listeners ever want us to read your story, send them in. Happy to do it. And uh, to the last story writer, don't go looking for Blair Witch houses. It never ends well, and it won't end well with you, so don't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you have for us today? Ooh, Man, I, I don't know if I can top that last one. That was too good. But I have a story from Farmington, Utah. All right, right on. That's right next to where we grew up. I'm sure you know about it. It's, well, I'm calling this the roller coasters of death. Oh, of course I know. So YouTube somehow knows me better than I know myself, and it's been recommending videos of roller coaster mishaps, accidents, and deaths lately. And I've been okay. going down that rabbit hole really late at night, every night, for quite a while. It was really interesting when I was going down this rabbit hole, and it suggested a death at an amusement park really close to where we grew up. So Farmington, Utah is, just as the name states, a farming town. It's known for its valley views, the fun but treacherous Farmington Canyon Drive, and last but not least, Lagoon Amusement Park. Lagoon is a massive theme park full of fast action roller coasters, kitty coasters, water slides, pools, restaurants, gift shops. They recently opened up some pubs in there. They did. They even have a zoo. Operating since 1886, the park attracts visitors every year from all over the world, and it is definitely the summertime fun thing to do here. I swear growing up, every kid had a season pass to Lagoon. It boasts one of the world's steepest drops on the Cannibal Roller Coaster, a coaster that mimics a rocket launch, as well as many others. When I was doing my research, I came across something talking about all the bands that have performed at Lagoon, and... It was so surprising because I learned that the Beach Boys performed there, the Rolling Stones, and even Johnny Cash. Hmm. Back before Lagoon became more of a kind of a joke in some ways. I'm not saying it's like a joke. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, yeah, they go to Lagoon every summer. Like, it's just not as special once you grow up. So maybe back in the days, it was more of a yeah. class act kind of place. Right. Um. Nolan Bushnell, who you might know as the founder of Atari, worked at Lagoon when he was going to the University of Utah to get his degree. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Lagoon even has a pioneer village. It's kind of like an old west town. It has an old jail and a bunch of old antique places. It's pretty cool. Kind of creepy. There's a creepy Arby's there. So, yeah, as you can tell, Lagoon has never been something to be missed when it comes to little Utah. It's definitely one of the things that stands out about the state. Our story starts on a cool spring day of April 30th, 1989. 
An 18-year-old ride operator had been working at Lagoon for just under a year, and that day she was manning the Puff the Little Fire Dragon ride when a young boy and his siblings hopped on. Their parents were left behind. They stood behind the fence, and they watched their kids hop on and have a great time. The little dragon car went around the circular track twice, up and down the gentle hills, moving at slow speeds as this ride was built for children. After the second round, the dragon coaster came to a complete stop, and little six-year-old Ryan Beckstead got out of his seat and stood up to get back onto the platform. Right at that moment, the 18-year-old operator asked the crowd, Who wants to go again? And the crowd of onlookers watched in terror as she started the ride, and it moved, launching little Ryan, who had one foot in the car and one foot on the platform, off of it. He fell to the ground below the track. Confused and probably foggy from the fall, Ryan stood up between the rails with roller coaster grease covering his face. His parents were screaming and his father was climbing over the fence to rush to his aid. But right then, as he stood up, Puff the Little Dragon zoomed over Ryan, decapitating him in an instant. And his siblings were still on the ride. Just very, very dark, like this story. If you if you live in Utah, you go to, you get your summer pass. Like you, unfortunately, know this story, and the ride still exists. It's still up and running. Yeah, we went on it as kids. Yeah, for sure. It's the same ride. It's still there, which is so crazy. Very. And I guess as this happened, this eighteen-year-old was like screaming because she had just killed this kid by accident. Oh yeah. And the parents were screaming, and, you know, people were like, his face was covered in grease, so, like, he must have hit his head on the way down on the track. Maybe he was disoriented when he stood up. But he thought the ride was over, because it only goes around the track twice. And so, for her to say, like, who wants to go again, it was unexpected. So it made sense that he was already, like, jumping out of the car. Just over a month later, on June 10th, in the same year, 1989... 13-year-old Kylie King from Bountiful, Utah, was riding the infamous White Roller Coaster with her friends. Now, if you don't know Lagoon or have never been, the White Roller Coaster is super old. I think it's like 100 years old. Oh, it's definitely 100 years old. It's over 100. Yeah. It's made out of wood. It's super rickety, and it's pretty sketchy, and we have no idea why or how it's still standing today. Uh, yeah, you. it's super fun. Just, just to, I want to preface that. Very fun. It's the first roller coaster I ever go on every every time I go to Lagoon. It's like tradition for me. Um, the line's always short. The line's always short. It's a quick, fun ride. And yeah, it's just, anytime you go around a corner, it's like, dok, 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 dok. It's and then, so loud. So loud, so rickety. And then when they try and stop you, it's like a complete stop. So they just halt you when, when they like try to get you to come back in. Yeah. There's nothing graceful about the white roller coaster. Yeah. It's they, not even white anymore. It's I, been so sun bleached that like all the paint has peeled off. Yeah. I was just about to say, yeah, it was originally, um, well, I don't know if it was originally painted white, but it's been white for the longest time, but now you go look at it and it's just brown. The brown coaster. The brown coaster. But it, it actually, if you haven't been to Lagoon, it extends into the, the parking lot. And so you actually can go under it, under the roller coaster, to walk into the park. 
So it's one of the first things you see. And it's just so comforting walking underneath it, hearing the wood creak. Oh, yeah. So comforting. Ugh. So little Miss Kylie King, she was 13 years old at this time. And she was sitting in the front car with her friends. Now, she made a crucial mistake that that caused her to fall to her death. So what happened was, as the car approached the second drop of the roller coaster, she tried to stand up to catch some air. Now, maybe she was trying to make the ride more fun, or perhaps she was showing off to her friends. Either way, she straightened her legs and was tiny enough that she could stand up behind the locking bar device which usually you wouldn't be able to because it's like pressed hard enough against your legs. But being 13, just barely over five feet and weighing only 71 pounds, she was able to stand up straight. She lost her balance and fell from the front seat of the coaster and plummeted 35 feet to the grass below. When medics arrived on the scene, they said that she had broken her neck on the way down and pronounced her dead. Detective Sergeant Jeff Jacobson said, quote, My investigation shows that Kylie had ridden the coaster many times and discovered that this action, the lifting of the hands and straightening of the legs, caused her rump to leave the seat as the car started its sharp downward turn. But this time was different because her past attempts had been successful. The locking bar had caught her and it didn't allow her to fly out. But this time, just it was a complete freak accident and a quirky combination of weight, height, and physics all playing together at the right moment to cause her to slip out from under the bar and plummet to her death. When Kylie was launched from the car, she actually fell onto the track ahead of it, and with no time to apply any brakes, the car struck her, causing her body to fall through the rafters. It's believed that her neck was broken on the way down, and that's what killed her, not the roller coaster cars that ran her over. So she suffered horribly right before she died. Ugh. Wow. Most recently, in August 2021, videos spread like wildfire across the internet of a man dangling from the ski ride lift at Lagoon. If you're not familiar with this ride, it's literally just a chairlift, like the ones you see at ski resorts, and it picks you up and takes you from the south end to the north end of the park, and you're suspended in air just sitting on this floating bench and it's a super fun way to people watch where you can grab some drinks and food and sit up there and chat it's a leisure ride super chill super chill it's not even fast it's just a way to like float from one end to the other Mm -hmm. now the 32 year old man was seen holding onto the chair with his legs dangling in the air it's unclear why he wiggled out from under the safety bar and it's also unclear why he slid down from his seat just to hang on to the chairlift Witnesses say he was hanging there like a professional gymnast, not even trying one bit to climb back up or make an attempt to get back to safety. The man let go and fell 50 feet. He survived the fall but later died in the hospital due to his injuries. Perhaps he was suicidal, or perhaps he had some sort of mental illness. We're not sure. I remember that my best friend was there that day on a first date, And she texted me in shock when the news about the fall broke out because she wasn't that far from the incident. Now, if you've heard anything about Lagoon being haunted, it's not that far-fetched. I mean, considering the deaths that have happened and the antique portion of it, 
it's pretty easy to see why the employees get creeped out. That reminded me of, um, so back in, in Pioneer Village, it's actually a very creepy place. There are, uh, there's one building that showcases, it's like this massive circus toy display. And it's very cool to see, but you look at the posters, you look at the toys, and it's just that creepy old 1920s, 1930s clown look, you know? That, and you get, like, the old smell of the the, original wood and, like, the rotting clothing that's on display. So, next to that is a, it's, like, the old pioneer women of Utah or whatever. And so, inside there, you can't, you can't go, like, touch the displays. Like, they, they boarded it off, or not boarded off, but they block you from touching anything. But inside, they have two levels, and you can see clothing, um, dishes, silverware, toys, shoes, uh, like pretty much just anything that the women from pioneer times used. It's there. It's displayed. It is old. It stinks like old. (laughs) Exactly what Tessa said. And it's creepy. Like, I wouldn't want to be in there at night. Because, yeah, it definitely gives off haunted vibes. Imagine, like, a pioneer kid's lost doll that was left behind on the wagon trail. Someone was like, oh, yeah, let's put this on display. Display it. Yeah, so it's kind of random that they have that there. But they do. Yeah. I've heard quite a few stories about the Pioneer Park area just because it's so old and so creepy. But I had some people I used to work with who actually worked at Lagoon before, you know, we had the same job. And it was these two sisters, and they often worked the night shift, so they would be in charge of, like, going over to Pioneer Park and, like, turning off all the lights and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they said that they had a lot of issues with the telephone display, which... If you know about it, it's this whole room dedicated to old telephones and just like antique telephones. It's really weird. It's it's a theme park. I don't know why they have it there, but she so one of the sisters said that they'd go in, switch off the lights, walk out and then they see the lights were on again. And this was something that happened often. Like they'd go in, turn off the lights, walk away, turn back, they'd see the upstairs light was on again. So they have to go back in, turn it off. Never an explanation. This happened to many people who worked in that area. For some reason, the telephone room is just like a hotbed. Fun you say that. Uh, our our uncle is no longer with us, but he told me this story a long time ago. And he was in the phone, the phone room, or whatever it's called. He was by himself, and I think... Um, so our aunt was, like, trying to meet up with him or something. So he just, like, stayed put. Like, meet, meet at the phone house or whatever. Um, he can't explain it, but one of the displays started ringing. Oh, what? And it's an old phone that doesn't connect to our modern-day plugs. So he freaked out, and he just booked it. And he said, I, I haven't been back there. And he was probably a teenager at that point. And when he was telling me this story, he was in, like, his late 30s. And he's like, I still refuse to go to the Pioneer area because of that. It's terrifying. Yeah. Weird. Oh, I don't like that. 
What if it's just like Lagoon playing a prank and they had it on speaker and they just like play it when people walk in? I probably would do that. <laughs> I would too. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the story about Pioneer Park. Lots of creepy things happened there mm-hmm. from what I've heard. So, you know the rocket ride? It's my favorite ride. It's fun, but it's terrifying. And after watching all these videos, I refuse to go on another roller coaster. I've been scarred for life. But my fiance, when he was younger, he went on that ride with two of his friends. So it was him, his friend, we'll call him Joe, was in the middle. And then they had a friend on the other end of Joe. And they got in the ride, the overhead, it's like over the shoulder safety bar. It comes down and it's, it almost looks like a life jacket. Um, it comes down, it's supposed to lock into place, and that's what keeps you on this rocket ride. Basically what it is, is this tall tower. You sit in the seat, and it, like, pushes you. There's two different options. One, you can go to the top, and then you drop down, or one, you start from the bottom, and you shoot up. Yeah, the one that takes you to the top, it's slow. It slowly takes you to the top, and it's, like, hard to look up, because your head is kind of locked because of these seats. So it's hard to look up and see when you're going to stop. So you can only, like, look down and just yeah. build the anticipation of getting higher and higher off the ground. Yeah. And then you count to six Mississippis, and then it just free falls you. Yep. Just drop. It's pretty freaky. It's a lot of fun, but it's freaky. So my fiancé and his friends are on this ride, and the bars come down. The guy walks around. He's checking them, making sure that everyone's in their seat safely, walks away. Friend in the middle notices that his bar is not locked into place. He starts screaming, but the operator doesn't hear him. And ride shoots up. And as it's coming back down, my fiance looked over and could see the bar starting to rise off of his friend's chest. So both friends just like shot their arms across his chest, trying to like keep him in there. And the whole time he's just screaming because he's going to fall off the ride. Yeah. And when he got down, um, he remembers, like, he just watched him pull up the the safety bar, which is supposed to be released by, like, a button from inside the tower. He just pulled it off, and the workers on the ground had, like, the most horrified looks on their face. Because yeah, it wasn't released yet. He was able to just open it, and he hopped off and ran away. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so, that'd be so scary. And it's not a short ride either. It's kind of a long ride. It goes a couple times up and down, so... So that was the one that shoots you up? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to our uncle, but at the Tower of Terror in Disneyland. His seatbelt didn't work. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I won't go on roller coasters. Yeah. Well, he made it out safely, obviously. He just had to... Different uncle, by the way. And he just had to hold on tight. Well, that's all, folks. <laughs> yeah. Moral of the story is, if you're going on a roller coaster, just make sure you're the right measurements and make sure that the employee checks your safety bar, no matter what. Even if you have to scream for their attention, whatever you got to do, if they skip you, uh, good luck. <laughs> they they are, they're kids. They're like 16-year-old kids who... Like who, 15. Okay, not saying any, like the lagoon is a bad place. If you guys ever visit... Utah, and you want to want to go to to an amusement park? Check out Lagoon. It's actually super fun. Um, there's ton of awesome rides. Good, um, 
good stuff to go see and like do. The pirate ship ride is my pirate favorite. ship ride is so fun. Um, Puff the little dragon is over there too. That one's you fun. Get a view of it. Yeah, just be careful. Don't step out Seriously. when it's going. Uh, but yeah, lagoon, fun place. Little terrifying sketch. at night. Terrifying at night. A little sketchy. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. All right. Well, do you have anything else for us today? That's all for me. All right. Well, we'll scare you in the next one. Stay spooky. Bye.